right back where we started from. Hustle, scrape your guns, your shadow is a ton. Driving down the 101, California, here we come. Right back where we started from, California. So you want us to finish this entire bowl of mashed potatoes and then we're going to start? I would love that. Just chow down. Do you, because it's mashed potatoes, do you think that, and I know this breaks your podcast rules, mm-hmm. but we can eat it and podcast because it's not crunchy, you know? Yeah, people hate crunch. They don't hate slurps so much. So you, you mash up the mashed potatoes in your mouth, and then you just chase it all with some thick, brown, chunky gravy. Oh, I don't, I'm not one of those fucking farmers who pours the gravy on the mashed potatoes. No, that's so uncouth. Buy it's a mashed potatoes, bouche. drink a gravy. Amuse your bouche and drink that gravy. And welcome to the O-City, bitch. The show where we take an in-depth, episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the O-C. I'm your host for the evening, Mike Gravani, and with me, as always, is Ryan. Can I ask you a question that I haven't asked you in a long time? Please. Do you have that memorized, or do you still look at the cue cards? No, they move the cue cards. Keep going. Do you... Do you look at the cue cards because you don't have it memorized, or do you look at the cue cards because uh, our cue card holder is old Handsome. and probably about to be fired? Oh. Handsome, old, and about to be fired. When I say old, you say handsome, old. Handsome. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm super into the Trivago, man. People know my deal, right? Oh, yeah, that old, nasty, ugly guy, sure. Yeah, nasty, ugly, okay. No, okay. No, I'm okaying you. Don't okay me when I'm okaying okay, you. Okay, I misunderstood what we were doing. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but if he it was twenty years ago, I would not give a shit about him. Mm-hmm. It's that silver, because now you've aged into a point where you like the silver, or no. he has aged. He has aged. So he was probably. I think I've always leaned into that. He was probably butt ass ugly twenty years ago to me, and then that silver came. Yeah, Chris Pine has been a statuesque person, but it's only he has that beard. That beard is gray. Now I'm on board. Shouldn't he be the spokesperson then, and it would smell so good if it was the pine tree vago? Pine tree Vago. Pine tree Vago. Why don't they do that? Fire the other guy who me and my wife both want to leave each other for. Make <laughs> p- Chris Pine be their spokesperson. Do you want to leave your wife for this person because you're really that into him? Or is it a race? You know she wants to leave you for oh, him. Oh, for sure. And so he gets to your door, right? Uh-huh. And this is not a ding-donger. This is not a knocker. This is a... Walks in. Yeah, he Kimmy just walks Gibbler in. Style. He's a Kimmy Gibbler. And so you look at the door. You look at Renee, your wife. I don't know if I've ever said oh, that shit. before. <laughs> is that okay? And then... You sort of like him. He's fine. But you race because you know the race is on. No, but what is... It's more... I love the chase. I love the race. Sure. Uh, But it's also, if I wasn't into him, I probably wouldn't race so hard. But I throw every piece of furniture in front of her because I'm also into that silver fox style. So your wife has other crushes like your Malkovich's, where Uh she would run and you just sit on the couch playing your game. Or I try because I do like the race, but I don't try as hard because I'm like, eh, Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. This is a human with a penis. Yeah. Is there a human with a vagina where you both would race? Oh, I'm sure. Who is the girl that's in the middle of your guys' Venn diagram? You know, we have very specific old Silver Fox dudes, and that is our Venn diagram. Is it just the Trivago guy tucked in? Uh, the Trivago guy, the guy who Target uses who looks like the Trivago guy. Uh, Commercials have a thing right now. But women, I think it's a body type that she often says it loud, and I feel like I'm not allowed to. But, like... It is weird that with men, I know who our three would be with individualistically. With women, I'm like, I don't know. It's weird because uh, the body type that your wife always says that she likes is my wife's body type. Yeah. So is that? And that is my exact opposite. And Mostly if, because it's your wife. 
if she comes to the door and you guys race to run away with her and then one of you runs away with her, uh-huh. am I still and cool? And I run away. Am I cool with the loser? I think so. They lost. We both lost. Let's go have a beer. It's. Have you seen Closer? I think that's what it's about. <laughs> and then look, I don't really like you, but our people ran away together. The problem is that we both could then go have a beer and then look at each other and then race to the door of the place where the other two went to see who chases to us. Yeah. And then get real sad when there's no movement. Or we just keep chasing each other around until it's just me Ooh, and you, baby. A constant race chase? What if instead of doing an hour a week, our life was just OCD all the time and this is how we always talk to each other? That's what we've been accused of. So, I don't know. To us, things would change. But to the rest of the world, people were like, yeah, par for the course. Do you know why? Why? Too much spaghetti. Too much spaghetti. We love spaghetti. We love spaghetti. Most we people are like, spaghetti. I don't like that foreign food. And we're like, oh, we Ooh, eat it up all day. With the red sauce? Yeah. Come on. Get that mashed potato and then shot glass of gravy after you take a bite of mashed potato out of here. We got spaghetti. Yeah. My food needs to be sloppy and saucy. The difference is between us, I think, and there's very few, is that you like spaghetti mm-hmm. and I, I like spaghetti O's. Yeah, that's gross as and shit. And I guess technically those are different foods. Yes. Traditionally, historically, tastily. All different foods. This is part two of The Power of Love. What's the OC episode called? The Power of Love. Is that the pronunciation you wanted? No, it was a joke where it was like, when we talk, it's always The the Power power of of Love. love. And then I was going to say like, oh, but then what's the other thing? You get it, right? Like, you see what I'm doing? I see it, and I love it. Are we losing all of our rapport? If you want part... No, we're about to run away together forever. Eat SpaghettiOs or whatever. You said... Uh, if you want part one, if you want to find out why Kirsten and Sandy are furious with Seth and Ryan, and Summer wants to bang out Zach, even though she didn't really know if she wanted to bang out Zach, and Caleb is just giving Marissa cash, you should go back and listen to part one. Or if this is your first podcast and you don't know how podcasts work and you don't know how to go and download the previous one. Or Mom, you- I told you how they work! You don't even know how sequels work, and so you just see the part two right now, and you're like, well, I guess this is where it starts. So you don't even know what words mean or numbers mean. My first then go movie back was and Hot download Shots the other Part one. Do. That, was that first really movie. fucked yeah. me up forever. It's a parody and a sequel, but not really any of it. Hot Shots Part Do is the best parody because they parodied sequel titles. No, no, no. We're going to call this Part Do. And so for a five-year-old, you're like, what is anything? All that and more when we come back. And time out. From the show. Oh, my God, Mike. Is this the most fun show that we've ever done? Uh-huh. I have noticed that in tonight's show, you have eaten more packets of McDonald's nugget sauce so I am than any other show. If you're going to throw that shade at me, I'm allowed to talk. Well, yeah, you're always allowed to talk, bro. You said timeout, so I froze. No, I was calling timeout from the show that we're doing, and okay. we're in the middle of. I thought no, you it's just me and you. We're calling timeout and meeting McDonald's sauces. And now we're out of time, because you couldn't fucking figure out what the premise is. So, I understand the uh, premise. What website would you go to if you want to... No, if you already have a ton of sauces, but no nuggets, and you need a website to read and look at. You need more nuggets, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. You can probably buy nuggets there, and it'll help us a little. They're older, but better, right? Older, but better, yeah. Nuggets are like wine. Let them get weird. Yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Uh, if, you, if we needed more nuggets and the audience wanted us to have more nuggets right. and sauces to accommodate, then how would they get us that kashish, besides Amazon, right. to uh, get us those nuggets? I, I, honest- I, I'm setting you up for Patreon. Do you understand? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. So Twitter is where you want to go. I, I, I honestly Good eat twist nuggets ending. just to get more sauces, and I need more nuggets always. 
Uh, and I'd say please go to patreon.com slash your pop filter. Pick the amount of nuggets you want to give us every month in a dollar amount. They do not have the technology yet to put it in nugget amount. And by the way, McDonald's, just because we ordered 50,000 nuggets this week, you can still put them in their little cardboard packages. Like, yeah. We don't want to dump truck dumping We're not nuggets monsters. all over our lawn. Don't dump truck dump nuggets all over our lawn. Do you still eat the nuggets that touch the grass? Or is it only nuggets oh, yeah. that touch other nuggets? No, the nuggets in the grass get just soaked in barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. And then you swallow them. Because that's like a, it's a cleansing agent. Yes. It gets away, it's, it gets rid of the germs. Exactly. And then if you just do one spritz of Lysol in each sauce, then it gets rid of the germs. Okay, so you did YouTube.com slash your pop filter. Yeah, let's pretend there's something there. You did you did your pop filter.com slash Amazon. You did Patreon.com slash your pop filter. Yes. Is there just like a basic yourpopfilter.com? I that would be wild. I don't even know. Type go it to, in. See go what to yourpopfilter.com and see what happens. Will it Manchurian candidate you out? <gasps> Manchurian candidate out. Mic drop. Good. Good. All right, bye. Ryan, Ryan and Seth are in a heap of trubs because Seth has stayed out all night at Alex's and then got caught sneaking out back to get Alex's when he was grounded. And Ryan was grounded for helping Life. Seth lie and got caught making out with Kirsten's sort of new sister when he thought when Kirsten thought they were just studying. So to make up for that, they make strawberry pancakes and pumpkin pancakes and brambleberry pancakes and bacon pancakes. I love TV breakfast because the actual amount of breakfast that a person needs is like an egg, maybe two, and if they're saucy, half a bagel. But in, on TV, commercials or shows, they make a bridesmaid's brunch worth of bagel. Yeah. Like, what do you have? Like a whole team of Vikings? Bring them in. Let's We're feed them going all. Going to Valhalla today, folks. Wait, like it's always that Ron Swanson line. No, I, I don't think you understood me. All of your eggs and uh-huh. all of your bacon. How many Bisquick boxes do you think these boys used? Is this a riddle? Yes. On my way to St. Ives, how many Bisquick boxes? One? Is it always it's one? It's always just one. Yeah. It's the unlimited box. So what we're thinking here is that, and they didn't go to the store beforehand. So this is it. No, this is just in the house. This is a kitchen that is always equipped to, well, there's like, the apology. to feed the Green Bay Packers. There's the apology cabinet. And then there's the last minute catering didn't show up cabinet. Wait, hold on. I've never been rich. And you had that one month where your family was oh, like, let's month. get HBO. That was great. Do Are these people buying their own groceries or is that like a peasant's no, job? We just got whatever Fresh Quick is. Like the, the blue cheap Bizquick? <laughs> the cheap so even Biz- at your richest, you got <laughs> knockoff Bizquick? That's how you stay rich, baby. Uh, whatever Blue Apron is for all groceries, uh-huh. uh, we just got it. They had it 20 years ago. And it's just Rosa. Rosa, get us what we like. Okay. And so I'm, I'm thinking so many things. Like, one, she's at the grocery store for two hours every three days. Uh-huh. And also. And they mostly only eat out. Most, which is why they have a thousand boxes of Bisquick. Oh, and if you look at Sandy's mouth and how satisfied he Kirsten looks, he is out. always eating out. Uh, but, like, there's only one sorry breakfast a month. So Rosa's thrown away rotten groceries all of the time. I think Bisquick lasts forever. Yes, okay, but there are other foods yes. than Bisquick, Bananas, Mike. Bananas, nectarines. Radishes? Radishes, if you're English. All Rosa wants is like, look, have as many sorry, have two sorry breakfasts a day. You should all be sorrier. But can we use the radishes, please? Somebody use the radish. I'm not walking to the store every day and buying $3,000 worth of radishes to just throw them away at the end of every day. And I'm so sick of Seth looking at the groceries and going, that's pretty rad-ish. And Rosie gets excited. Is he going to do it? No, he's just no, a fucking asshole. He's just being a fucking asshole. So, 
This house throws so many pancakes away because they meet tall stacks of all these kinds of pancakes. And then Sandy and Kirsten go, no, we're too mad the next day to eat any of your apology pancakes. Which is a terrible waste of food. But this is why they are such great frolfers. Because they do not take bags of pancakes to the trash can. They launch every pancake 20 yards away. Four. Perfect form. Four. Four. Did you ever, you're a fucking OC nerd. Did you ever get that form? Did you ever get the Frisbee golf form down? I did. I had a, I had a, a couple years where I rocked it, and then I went away and came back and watched a friend stretch, laughed in his face, and then on the first pitch, threw my shoulder out and went, fuck, I deserve this, but I'm furious. Man, I was hoping so much that the stretching made him be good, but instead the lack of stretching made just you made be bad. Just made me be worse. Is that he a, wasn't great. He was just not hurting himself. Is that a sport where you can actually get good, or is that a sport where you can just like... Uh, like there's mediocre and then terrible. No, I think if you don't constantly walk around with a rolly cooler full of booze, I think you can get good at that sport. It, it's it's just dexterity and showmanship, penmanship, aim. I just, more than anything I throw, the Frisbee is, I have no idea where that baby's going. Right. I like It could go perfectly floating through the air so that a, a dog from a commercial can jump up and catch uh-huh. it. Or... Just like just sideways back. immediately and hit the ground two feet in front of me. And somehow, sword in the stone in where only the worthy frolfer can pull it out of the dirt. Oh my God, Mike. You fucking asshole. <laughs> this is your career. Writing fantasy books about only the worthy frolfer. <laughs> only the worthy frolfer. Frolfo bag. And he makes all the ladies frol free. Uh, okay, so that's what's going on at the Cohen's household this morning. Not stop froth. DJ. Over at the Cooper Nichols. DJ over at the Cooper Nichols! Picks up Marissa for school, which is for somebody who doesn't go to school, a pretty big ask. Mm -hmm. He was just, he could have slept. We don't know if DJ graduated a long time ago or dropped out. Uh Uh-huh. What, what, like, we don't know DJ's past at all? I think he's like 23. I think DJ's a good guy, but kind of a gross guy. Because he is way too, if you're a gardener, you're not, I guess maybe he's equal to Alex where they're both teenagers who left everything. For their sweet jobs to, of to owning a club and, and landscaping. It's hard to say because DJ has the face that I had in high school, but the body that I have right now. And the crow's feet that you'll have in 10 years. <laughs> How dare you? What? That's what he has. Oh, you mean the eye thing? Yeah. I thought you meant I was going to gain the collection of crow's, crow's feet. feet. Well, I know what I'm getting you for your next 10 birthdays. Uh, Julie is still harping on the photo shoot, and this is when Marissa says... I'll be in your goddamn photo shoot if DJ is. Which, even if your parents like your significant other, is not an okay thing to pull. Right. So this is probably the uh, third or fourth out of the last, like, eight episodes where DJ, and this is, like, the the final part, where DJ's like, I sort of think that we're cool together, Uh and you're hot, and I am hot, and making out is fun, and probably banging. They're probably... Oh, they're banging. They're probably having sex. But, man, are you not being subtle about why you're going out with me. I'm a good guy. Do you know that? That I'm a pretty good guy, except that I'm five years older than you, and I'm an adult, and you're not. Other than that, great guy, and you treat me like dirt. And she's just like, You what? think you would like that as a gardener. And he <laughs> takes her to school. Not a euphemism. Meanwhile, uh, Sandy decides he needs to nip this Alex thing in a bud. In the bud. Not in just a random bud. In the specific bud. Uh, he walks in, and he's such a Braddocus Finch and such a suit. That she just looks him up and down and says, the manager's not here right now, but he has all the permits. 
He's such a grown ass adult. She assumes he's the fuzz. He is forty ish, and uh-huh. in a suit. And Alex is Alex, right? So automatically, you might as well be in like, be like wear a Hitler uniform, right? right? And she the establishment. She sasses it up, right? Immediately. And Sandy handles them all, right? right. Not like, what the fuck did you say to me? But like, boom. Don't Even though care. he also hates the man, he's like, fuck, I'm the man. My question is, before this Sandy and Alex moment, the drive over, was Sandy like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, how am I gonna do this? Or is he so confident? Is he not even thinking? He's just like, hey, Sandy's going to be Sandy. Yeah, I think Sandy doesn't know what's going to happen and is fine with that. But he had to be surprised that the person that Seth is hooking up with looks like Olivia Wilde. He was already surprised that Seth dated Summer. But he's like, well, they grew up together. She knows he's a good guy. And then he sees this grown-ass adult version of a 17-year-old, which doesn't exist in real life and is fucked up. Uh, And he's like, but, but, but. So when she calls him the thing he hates, he is... Sort of bitty, sort of aghast, mostly being like, Seth, with her? And I'm here to stop this? And then for Alex, like, give him the sass, that's not working. So for her to pull the move to Sandy and, like, point to above his eye and say, like, does it hurt right here? And then try to kiss him there? Yeah. That's not going to work. And he's into it. The thing that Sandy remembers is not that, like, Sandy is a superstar, Browdicus Finch, dialogue pre-written, awesome guy. But I'm an adult, mm-hmm. and you're a and broken you child. If I just remember the I'm fact good that... good at broken kids. Yeah, if mm-hmm. I just remember the fact that, like... Your stuff is coming from a uh, thoughtless place of hurt, right. and my, my stuff is not coming from genius but patience. You're going to be fine. I'm trying to take care of my kid. But it is interesting. His, his way in, he goes, you're a bartender. You listen to people's problems. Listen to mine. Is that a, a plea to her ego? I think so, yeah. That is, it's like, yeah, getting on her level. Or I don't know how to start any hard conversation, so I'm coming in this way. And then... But like any, any sort of thing that you do that isn't... I'm attacking. Right. Like, any sort of buildup, I think, is a really good idea. But this is what surprised me. And maybe this was Sandy's intent, but Alex feels like she gives him a lot of his solid answers because she's like, you think I'm corrupting him. And it's, she's like, no dad's ever asked me to straighten up their dude. And then his response is like, I think sometimes to be a good dad, you have to be a bad guy. Did he go there knowing, saying, hey, piece of trash, you're a kid who dropped out of school, break up with my rich son? Okay, so is your question, did he have that intention for the end, or did he think those words? All of it. I don't think so. I think that Sandy is better than all of us, because he will look at everybody. He took Ryan in. Yeah, and like the piece of trash thing is a, a, a thing that he never That's believed. what she's putting on it? Right, because Alex is going to lose the argument. Even if they were the same age and had the same experience, Alex is going to lose the argument, because she will only look at people... As if they were all of these like two-dimensional stereotypes from her past. And the reason that Sandy's the best is because he treats each new person as if they are a three-dimensional person to their own. So is Sandy going to the bait shop to say, break up with Seth? Or is he just saying, hey, don't let him sleep over? What's his goal here, do you think? I mean, the goal of break up with my son... I think scares Sandy more than anything else we've talked mm. about because it's very Kirsten and not in a bad way, but like, I don't know. Like Alex isn't, they put a lot on her throughout this episode and she's not doing anything. She's just letting her boyfriend sleep over sometimes. And they are like this Alex girl. It's hard because I think that Sandy likes uh, like openness as opposed to strict uh-huh. rules, but he's also a lawyer. And so uh, he, it's possible that he's shucking and jiving throughout the entire conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's changing up his plan based on what Alex gives him. 
And but I do th- that line hit in a weird way. I think sometimes to be a good dad, you got to be a bad guy. Is true in the sense of what him and Kirsten are always fighting about is only Kirsten throws down the hammer, Cindy never does. But to ask your kids, significant other, to break up because you don't want to be the one to say you shouldn't be with them, that is shady and shitty. It is. But that's him being a bad guy. But not in a good way. I, I disagree with all of these moves. The show doesn't want you to because then the show cuts to Alex and Alex is like aghast. Like, she can't believe at what that, he's asking. Uh, yeah, at what he said. And it's not because, like, how dare you? It's right. because, oh, my God, I had this guy wrong, and I've never met a dad like this. Right. And her, I'm, I'm taken aback because this is a person who actually cares. Her her response uh, breaks my heart for her because she's like, I don't think I've ever dealt with a good dad before. And then he does soften up. And this is when he, oh, fuck, what is the line? He says something like, he's like, hey, if you ever want to, come over, and Kirsten and I will ground you, too. And I'm like, okay. There's the Sandy I like mm-hmm. that ignores a lot of the last four minutes of me hating him. But what he's seen is that Alex has only dealt with men in her life uh-huh. that would date Ryan's mom. Okay. Right? The wife beater, the chair watching daytime TV, solves every problem with a slap, and is not honest. So all of the guys that Alex has dealt with, whether it's dads, stepdads, and boyfriends, mm-hmm. think what Sandy is saying of sometimes you have to be uh, a bad guy to be a good dad. But instead of saying it or even recognizing that fact, they just slap. And mm-hmm. so there's two things going on here. It's the patience and the honesty. Like I'm, I'm laying it all out, right. out on the table that like, here's how we're going to treat this as adults. I'm not going to treat you like you're a child uh-huh. or a stupid girl or uh, threaten you in order to get you to do what I want. We're just talking right now. So is his concern that, Seth will turn into that slap attack. Is I don't get the leaning into making Seth break up with her. That why he would do that? Yeah. I don't I, I think that that's part of the shuck and jive, though, is that he doesn't see that as an option because all of a sudden Alex goes from fake performative sass mm-hmm. to a person who is three-dimensional with real feelings and understands logic. And is also in need of a dad. And he takes advantage of that. So is is it also the shows you're showing? Sandy is the best of us. He's also bad because he is a human. So he is being a little shitty to take care of his son because he thinks that's best. Yeah, but the way that he like the way that he says is sh- he's shitty is so Sandy and awesome that he gets away with being great and he gets away with being awful. And I think it works. I'm defending it. I see that. You know that already. I disagree. Uh, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna see what the repercussions of this talk are when Seth shows back up at Alex's doorstep. Ryan. So, after Sandy talks to Alex, Seth later shows up at her apartment. And I get this. I get that he's 16. I get that she looks like Olivia Wilde. I get that they are just teenage hormones. But he goes like, oh, you look upset. Is there anything my magic hands can handle? Ew. Ew for all the levels on whatever age you are. Ew for the writers writing that. Ew. We're not that far past Seth, like, botching summer sex two or three times. Uh-huh. We're not that far past him coming over and saying, like, can I fix you a sandwich? Whatever's happened recently, you are, you have no right to treat your hands like they're magic hands. I'm sure when I first watched this while I was in high school, I assumed he meant massage. But now I know exactly what he means, and ew, TV, ew. I don't care that 15-year-olds really talk that way. Ew. Do you think that the magic hands comment means that he... 
purposefully because of all the summer stuff, kept Peener out of a Jeaner and just did hand stuff? Yeah, I do because this comes up later at some point. So let's tangent for a second. Uh, Weird, but okay. Summer uh, is freaking out because of the whole Seth's walk of shame thing, so decides to take things to the next level with Zach. And to Summer, that means we're going to fuck. And to Zach, that means let's meet my parents, which is a different lunch for both of them going in. Um, and what what is Summer's experience at that luncheon? Well, Summer gets to spend most of her life very secure. And then all of her insecurities come out because they challenge her intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. Zach's family is like just walking New Yorkers. Yeah. Uh, well, New Yorker the magazine. They, he's like, oh, dad's not here. Cause Summer's like, I'm great with dads, which I do. I could believe for a lot of good and yeah, gross reasons. Ew. Uh, and he's like, oh, dad's away on an assault weapons deal in D.C. I think his dad's is an arm dealer that I don't know if this show ever deals with, but they are OC muckety mucks, which believes me they have blood money. And by arms, you mean guns or like arms, like human oh, arms? This ain't a scene. It's a goddamn human arms race. And so uh, Zach's mom seems cool, right? She seems like, I'm going to try this lunch. I'll throw out a branch. And the sister seems like a fucking tries two dimensional asshole. And and Summer does turn into Seth and freaks out a little. So the the sister says something about cashmere, and, and Summer goes season one episode two. Summer. That's the thing is that there's so many things that they could have talked about where Summer would have been like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. But the sister said cashmere, which is both a country under duress and a type of sweater you can buy. And Summer says, oh, my favorite cashmere purse. I don't know a lot about fashion. I don't know if that would ever exist. That's gross and too comfy for a purse. Wait, is the Led Zeppelin song about the country or the the fabric? It's both. That's how deep they were. Is the country made of fabric? It is. Are all countries made of fabric? I think so. Whoa. Plaid. That's Canada. Uh, Fuck the sister because Summer does go, no, no, keep going. She makes the purse thing. And then Summer cracks a joke about it, and the, the sister, instead of, like, this 16-year-old girl who was obviously nervous and a little out of her depth, tried to very gracefully save herself, and she went, yeah, this isn't a thing we make jokes about. Oh, fuck you, Zach's sister! What the shit? I want to say, watching that scene, I want to say, like, oh, she's 16 and so insecure and trying so hard, but if I was in that situation, I would have been, I would have done that dance that you just did. I would have been like, I'm sorry, what's the, what the fuck is up, Zach's sister? I wouldn't even learn her name. Zach's sister forever. I don't think she has a name. But then I started thinking, like, all right, so the cashmere thing, I'm not embarrassed that I don't understand all of the nuance of the cashmere situation, uh-huh. right? Okay, so cool, you got that on me. But then I started thinking about what conversation did they bring up that would send me into hives? Into a tizzy? Yeah, that what I didn't it? know about. I have no idea. Like, if they started talking about, like, I think that um, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers was the best cartoon in the Disney afternoon. And I just had no, like, I was just tongue tied. I could not come back from that, even though it's very clearly Darkwing Duck. It's I'm so just clearly Darkwing right Duck. And there. you know that's what your girlfriend's parents want to hear. It's Darkwing Duck. But uh, there are things, or like, you know what it is? It's like uh, somebody bragging about changing a tire. Uh-huh. And then somebody else is like, that's not even a brag. Obviously, we can all change a tire. And when that second person says that, I'm like, yeah, for sure. And then yeah. I, I get verklempt yeah. because I the only thing I can change on a tire is like the tire's dress. Like if the tire's weren't a dress, I could probably put a different dress Here's on it. There's a new dress for you. I could slash it. I could change it from full of air to less full of air because somebody made me angry. So uh, that's what Summer's going on. She wants to bang Sack, but then this happens. Uh, flashback to Seth and Alex. Uh, I do think it's just hand stuff because he specifically says... 
Like, there's a line in there that they have not boned yet. Do they do the only hand stuff rule, which is put on the song? Is that the only hand stuff rule? If it's only hand stuff, you have to play you that song. Play, and do you go... Oh, that off? might be just an Orange County thing. I don't know if most people know about that. Do you go off time or completely in time to that Oh, no. Song? If you go in time, nothing works. That's insane. You have That's to be off beat the entire time. Uh, so, so Seth's in her apartment. He does the gross hand thing. There's a bong openly on Alex's table, and that is... A bold thing in 04 for nobody to ever mention. We have to remember when this show was shot. Where, like, nowadays, if you don't have a bong, like, what the fuck are you doing? It's rude. Where is my bong? I I'm a guest like, in your house. I think I've been in that apartment because I grew up in the OC. Uh, I think they had a no bong at first because it's 04, and then the set dresser went, come on. I've been in this apartment. There's a bong. And here is my bong. And the other thing about 04 apartments, as opposed to now, maybe bongs are built better or we're more careful. But it's not just crazy that there's a bong there. But if there's a bong there, the entire apartment reeks, reeks of bong water. Like, do they sprinkle it on the carpet thinking that the carpet will grow weed? Why does everything reek like bong water? I think it's a lot of bad laughing while the bong's in your hand spraying all over the place. Or spit takes? Yeah. Uh-huh, a lot of bong spit takes. And that's bonging wrong, for sure. Wrong bong. Uh, so Alex basically sort of relays the conversation between her and Sandy to Seth and says, and this is why we need to break up. But, like, she doesn't get that far before Seth is like, oof, you got Browdicus Finch. Yeah, he knows what happened. He's like, she, and he's like, I'm so embarrassed for me. I'm embarrassed for you. That sucks. And she keeps being like, I need time. I need space. No time travel jokes are made there. They just all keep saying time and space. Uh, the last thing she says to him, which feels like a weird, like, thumb in the wound, is, like, he's like, I guess I'll go, is tell your parents happy anniversary. Like, that is... I do like, let's show Alex a little awkward because she's only seemed cool and put together. That is not a cool thing to say to somebody after you break up with them. There's another thing going on too, and I don't know if I would have recognized this if I was their age, but I can see it now, is that Alex is legit fucked up. Uh Alex had very bad relationships, and so when she does stuff that is not how you should be, it's because like she didn't have the best guidance as a kid. Right. And now she's looking at Seth and now she has sort of proof according to me, not according to you, but according to me that he has the best guidance and this makes it all seem fake and like unappreciative. Like mm-hmm. you have no idea how good you have it. Right. Appreciate your awesome family. And that's true. People should say that to Seth more often because he does not, but that only makes him angry. Do we have time to get into the other half of his family? Please. Okay. So during the break, you said both parents were the worst. Uh-huh. I think we've gone over Sandy. Yeah. Kirsten does a weird thing that may be so out of character that I was wondering if like they were just like, well, this is how TV works. Right. She walks in on Ryan and Lindsay about to make out. Sure. And then pulls a 16-year-old girl aside and says, hey, I just, I'm only sort of thinking about my feelings, and I walked in on a surprise, and I think that maybe we should break up right now, and I know that your life isn't, I'm not going to tell you that I know uh, how insane it is, but I do know that your uh, your whole mom, dad, sister, boyfriend thing is crazy. But right now, what I need to do is sit you down and tell you that I will not be a part of your life. And this is after Lindsay nuts up and shows up at Kirsten's work on a weekend. And she's like, oh, the, the, the dudes told me you were here. And yeah, she's saying, while you're seeing him, maybe you and I should take a step back. And Lindsay, trying to make a joke of it, in a very unlindsay like way, but super funny. She goes, so are we like cousins now? Or I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, this is the this is the scene or this is the episode where Lindsay really came into fruition because 
it's not just like I don't know what to do about drama, but she dealt with it with that line, yeah. and then later on has a line of like, and it, it was a little melodramatic, but I lost a uh, sister and a boyfriend all in the same day uh-huh. by doing nothing. Um, but yet, Kirsten, when something hurtful happens to you, when something surprising, when something like fucks you up, your first instinct is to uh, scorch the ground and right. say, uh, "I don't give a shit about anything." But if you're an adult who like thinks logically and is dealing with kids, you suck that back up. Yeah, and you, you remember, like, I, I shouldn't go to the 16-year-old and say, you need to get out of my life because I walked in on that yeah, thing. You can't tell your brand new sister, choose your boyfriend, my new son, or me, your new sister. That's all insane. And then to push it further, it's uh, Lindsay's like, okay. And then Sandy opens up to the boys, and he's like, well, my wedding anniversary weekend is ruined because Kirsten canceled all the last-minute plans he made and got. Uh, I do love Ryan. Ryan just goes, how can we help? Uh, And Ryan's version of how can we help is when Lindsay meets up with him on the dock. She's like, hey, I dropped Kirsten for you. And he goes, oh, I wouldn't have a family or a life without them. You got to kick rocks. And that's when she says that melodramatic line. And that is where the, the I'm pissed at Sandy, I'm pissed at Kirsten. I understand where Lindsay and Ryan are coming from. For sure. Scene. They are full-grown, logical, thoughtful adults. And it's wrong. They're both sort of wrong. But I understand where both of them are coming from. When you started dating my sister, while I was dating my sister, the first thought I had was, you got to choose. But that's a thought that you think because you're angry and hurt. You can disregard that thought. There's not an actual law that says, make an ultimatum. Uh huh. No, you don't fucking need to. Let's all have one more conversation. And not only does she do the melodramatic line that does work. Two hours ago, I had a boyfriend and sister. Now I'm alone. Uh, he goes, "I'm sorry." The you're sorry. Cool. That does absolutely nothing because that is the sorry. Can that make us better now? Right away. And this is Lin- what Lindsay brings to the OC and the whole TV show of showity of it all is that. I think that what people expect me to do, what the characters expect me to do, is to have a big, tearful monologue. But instead, I'm just going to be like, well, this is awful. Peace out. Uh-huh. I'm not going to stand here and like deliver a big speech. I'm going to leave right now because it's fucking stupid, and I don't want to be here. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to jump back to the Nichols Coopers and see how that photo shoot's going. Mike, we have so many shows. Time that- out. What's up? No, I, just, I was helping. Thank you. you did Time good. out from the show. We have so many shows that we have to promote. The internet has so many podcasts. Yes. Let's pick three or four special little boys that we're going to promote right now. From the internet? Right. Or from us? From us. Well, I mean, you get to pick. I do them from us. Okay, but lock the gates. WTF just hit their thousandth episode. Uh-huh. People should probably check it out. So that's one, idiot. <laughs> you only have three more. <laughs> Taylor Talking Taylor comes out every Tuesday. That is the first Tuesday of the month where our pal Taylor ostensibly talks to and or about or maybe whispers of Taylor's. I haven't listened. I don't know. You set this up nicely because uh, you and I are on three podcasts together and you have two left. So <laughs> go ahead and pick the two. Uh, and then you should definitely check out uh, Mike and Ryan scream about the OC, where we like to call it the OCD, where every Thursday we go through episode by episode, just critique and break down the nuances of the most underrated show of the early aughts. And uh, OCD is sometimes called movie of the year. So yes. is there any other shows that we have? When when our friend Greg guests, he breaks into the garage and he starts hosting, we call that movie of the year, where we pick a year 
and then we talk about the best movies of that year. Why does Greg not look like the Kool-Aid Man, but every wall hole he makes looks exactly like the Kool-Aid Man? That's his magical power, my friend. And then there's the Superhero Hour Hour, the flagship show, where every week Taylor leads us through literally every single live-action comic book-based TV show. <laughs> so many of them. Even we, we used to get summers off. Remember when we did Superhero Hour and we'd be like, there's not enough shows. Let's watch Batman the Animated Series, I guess. Nope, never again do we get to do that. I mean, we still do it every day, but we don't sure, get to talk Sure, but that's it. just for us and nobody else. Uh, subscribe to those, rate them, review them. It helps us out so much. Mike, real quick, how do you contact us? Contact at yourpopfilter.com is our email for the time being. Let us know how we're doing. Wait, are we going to change it? Like, we'll see. Who knows? Let's get saucy. That was weird. And then do we have any robot associates? A robot associate. I asked you a yes or no question. Yes. Thank you. That's the commercials. At your pop filter. Ryan. This photographer is a saint. They are all doing horrible faces. It's the three of them. It's Julie. It's Cal. It's Marissa. The house is in the background, not the view, they decided. And he's just saying, smile. And Cal grimaces like some sort of angry Sam Eagle Muppet. Uh, Julie knows how to turn it on. Marissa is getting the DTs. And they're all furious at each other. The photographer is exasperated but trying to not be exasperated. And then DJ shows up. I said this in the last episode. I'll say it again here. I do love the fact that they, the writers or the creators of this episode were like, Cal, the villain, is played out for right now. Let's give it a break. And yeah. let's just cast him as like, what if Clint Eastwood he is now just, was like a background character? He's kind of Archie Bunkerish. Uh-huh. He's, he's Because how insane their fight is, you're kind of on Cal's side in this fight. And I felt gross thinking that. Good on the writers of the show. Like, it was their intent. And... If it wasn't for all the villainous shit he's done over the last three years, his line when DJ shows up and he's like, oh. <laughs> he's like, what does he want to mow the lawn? Can't, Can't he, he make a new appointment? Oh. He has no idea what's going on at any you point. You fucking dumb doof old idiot. <laughs> and then it's so mean of Marissa. So mean of Marissa to DJ because uh, Marissa runs up and hugs him and Julie storms over and DJ is just like, you said she was cool with this. And this is this is when you can see he snaps. He goes, oh. Oh, it really is. I am just a pawn for your fight. Right. And this is the episode that sort of shows, I think, better than any other episode, that although we root for Marissa uh-huh. and we hate Juku, that Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. She's learned the wrong lessons. Because DJ realizes, like, oh, man, you are, again, super hot, but very manipulative. And then if I can jump ahead real quick. You may. Okay. Uh, Julie runs out, offers him a check. Uh-huh. Five grand. Yes. To never talk to Marissa again. Right. Uh, and then after that, Julie has to, has to come up to Marissa and say, by the way, I offered it. She could have just left yeah, well enough Yeah, she could have left it that. But she has to come up to her and say, you know, I did offer him a check and he totally took it. So. And I think that's the writer's been like, oh, wait, we might have made Marissa look worse than Julie. Oh, so we got to find balance in the world. That does make sense. But like they're both being soap opera. Julie writes in that check and then says, you know, Marissa's only dating you to get back at me, which he was already sort of thinking. He already knew that. But now that's in his head. And then she says that to him later because she's a monster. But before she runs out to do that, it is a cool, cold line uh, because Marissa's like DJ storms off and Marissa's like, I got to go talk to him. And Julie says, considering I'm not the one who lied to him. I probably have a better shot at making it up than you do. Now this hurts if Ooh! this hurts if you're just a normal person. 
But imagine Julie Cooper telling you that it's better off if Julie Cooper uh-huh. goes out there than you do. And that she made a good enough argument that you believe her. Because I did. I was like, no, she right, girl. You are. You hurt this boy to fuck with your mom, not thinking of what it could do to him. And I guess that is one example uh, that, like, how Seth and Marissa are different. Uh-huh. is because I think that Seth is often, like, losing all self-awareness, right? He's right. just lost in the Seth zone. Marissa does stupid, crazy things. But you can see mm-hmm. that, like, she knows she how knew. she's being awful, you right. know? Seth, talking about, flashing back to Seth being awful, Alex broke up with him. She says, I need time and space. He shows up the next day and says, hey. And she goes, this is how you define time and space. He's like, I do need a job again. And she goes, here's your mop, and there's where you puked a month ago. Please clean that up. Uh, so that's how Seth sucks. Overall, this isn't a bad Seth episode. No, I mean, he comes out pretty good. I, I do love the classic boy thing of, I'll determine how much time oh, and space is needed. For sure. And it will be as little as fucking possible. As little as possible. And now I need money, please. Uh, so throughout all of this, Sandy and Kirsten, will they, won't they have their 20th anniversary? And she does throw the, is it supposed to be fucking cute that you forgot it was our anniversary? Have a talk. Just have a talk about what your weekend plans are. Uh, the boys are in trouble. They can't have the whole weekend. They can't have a dinner. So he does pull in two Orange County Sheriff deputies to babysit. Because apparently these two wily wascals will run away from any adult, unless it's Sandy and Kirsten. That's what Kirsten's mindset is. But when he brings two 250-pound bald deputies in, she's like, oh, we're going to the Arches now, my boy. Oh, these are not like Police Academy rookies. No. Like 180-pound newbies on the job. We are, like, these are UFC fighter mm-hmm. cops. And Tank and Buzzsaw. You have watched a lot of TV, including a lot of the OC. And Thank then you. also you are attempting to adopt two teenage boys right now. And so you think that teenage boys are the best. At what point did you uh, realize that the cops were not just there to babysit, but part of a plan? The minute cops walk in. Because Sandy, like, one, I do, the, Ryan's like, how can I do to help? I do think the show was trying to throw us off. And then he broke up with Lindsay. Uh and but I do like the way it was all set up. Cops walk in, you know there's a gimmick here. Sandy isn't such a weird fascist that he would bring cops in to babysit the boys. And maybe I've known too many people who've brought in cops to prank their friends because I know weird people. Yeah, <laughs> who do you hang out with? But Sandy is definitely the kind of guy who will gently, comically, uh-huh. romantically abuse his power. Oh, for sure, it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so they're at the arches, which I've still never been to. Thank you, Ryan. I've been um, many times and will never take mm, you. Fuck. Uh, it's called I have one non-mic restaurant. Why that one? Why can't it be Burger King? Uh, they have a weird apologetic dinner. What did that, did that dinner put me through some shit? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be celebrating. I apologize. I brought up Portland. That was not okay with me. I'm sorry that I forgot our anniversary. But the whole time, Sandy knows that there's a plan. Uh-huh. And it's just like mock faux sad mock, faux, apologetic sad. husband. And then they're getting it, and he just keeps being like, is your fish too fishy? Uh-huh. That fish pretty fishy? Is this whole plane fishy? Just classic lame husband conversation. Uh, and she should apologize. The Portland thing was bullshit, because she blamed him again. And it's been months. She blamed him for Seth running away to Portland and said, you hippie parent. What is your... And I do. this is le- him legit hurt and mad. And he was like, what? Not okay to bring that up. Which is the uh, hilarious thing about pranks and big, like, uh-huh. long cons is that all of, the, all the stuff that I said was part of the con. All the stuff that you said was real You've and hurtful. You've been sitting on for a year. Uh, then the cops walk in, 
And Kirsten's immediately like, motherfucker, you said we could go out. Portland once again. And they're like, we think we know where they are. And he's like, let's ride in the cop car, I guess. And I do, there was a look on his face. And why he's an amazing actor is because she kept digging in. You said we could go and we shouldn't have gone. And just like, oh, this was all a bad idea because now I don't love you as much as I did 10 hours ago. At no point does Kirsten notice that Sandy is constantly looking at the camera, shrugging his shoulders while we hear, wah, wah, or how the Oh Hello Boys are constantly sending giant tuna sandwiches to their table. She has no <laughs> idea anything that's going on. And they show up at the bait shop because Sandy's like, I bet I know where they are. And at the bait shop, Summer is reading all of the news possible. Just every single newspaper ever and trying to watch DVDs. And Marissa's like, what? And she's like, Zach thinks I'm dumb. And Marissa's like, maybe he doesn't. She's like, you don't know what his family said. And Marissa's like, but Zach is trying to call you. And she's like, just break up with me. I'll never let him break up with me. We're together forever as long as I don't see him because teenagers. Kirsten is behind Sandy. This is how they're cutting it. we got to go with the rhythms, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, Marissa and Summer are in Summer's room. Yes. Having a full-on conversation. And then when it cuts to, uh, and I'm not going to blow what, is, what happens in the bait shop, but when it cuts to the bait shop, all of a sudden, Summer and Marissa are magically put together in the party ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they walk in. Kirsten's still furious. The bait shop is the deadest it's ever been until they get to the balcony. And it is... A quarter full, I'd say. Uh, a surprise 20th anniversary, and Seth and Ryan are on stage. And I'd say pretty good mic control for sharing a toast. Yes. What we have here is classic, perfect podcast banter because Ryan is the straight man mm-hmm. and Seth is the ego. Seth thinks he's the talent, but everybody wants Ryan to have it back. Right. And the way that they trade mics is there's only one mic. There's so many mics on the stage, but they share one mic, pass it back and forth. That old man pretzel bar singing band will refuse to give up a mic for this toast. And they take it away from each other pretty frequently. It's It's a lot. But, yeah, it's perfect. They they know who has the color, who has the meat. And it's so easy to let one of them talk for too long Uh because you don't have the balls to take it back or take it back from each other, like, too often. It's the perfect it's, amount of pepper. Oh, they're such a good team. The other thing, too, is that uh, if you've ever seen a surprise party in on TV as opposed to real life, uh, surprise parties in real life are always butchered. Lights come on too soon. Uh-huh. Somebody hears somebody sneezing. It's all bullshit. But this is the perfect amount of they walk into the bait shop and they have like – they continue their argument, but they change right. their argument to like, well, it's not like we'll ever have a good anniversary <laughs> again because we're at the bait shop and nothing will happen here. Light surprise. surprise. Have I ever told you my surprise birthday story? No. Uh, nobody. I, I've been weird about my birthday since I was a kid. I still don't know what it is. And uh, nobody should. And I was on the phone with a friend, pre-cell phones in high school, and his brother hops on the other line and goes, so on Saturday, should I wear a bathing suit? Is it a pool party? And I'm just like, what? And I hear one kid, my friend, Trevor, be like, hold on. He covered his phone, but I could still hear his brother's phone. He goes, he doesn't know. And then I pretend to be dumb. And I'm like, what was that fight about? Your brother's an idiot. Uh, Flash forward to that Saturday, and I show up and see most of my friends' cars. I thought I was just going to my girlfriend's house, see most of my friends' cars. I'm like, you fucking idiots. Uh, Walk in. They are all hanging out, already munching on trips, drinking soda pop. Sinking sodies. Uh, One of them turns around and goes, oh, hey, Mike. And it keeps talking. And then it goes, oh, shit. Surprise. And then they all turn. It was all the best and funniest it could have been. That's how real life Real works. ass life. Did I ever tell you about my surprise party? Please do. I have a friend that uh, has a very close birthday to mine. And we often celebrated our birthdays together. 
And one year, we decided that it sucks that no one will throw us a surprise party. So we threw each other one. Uh-huh. And we invited all of our friends into the house. And we pretended like I was throwing her one and she was throwing <laughs> me one. And so we walked in. And what we had to do, just to keep everybody off their game, is we both took uh, big, big swigs of water as we walked in. So when people yelled surprise, we just spit. At, like spit, So many spit And the spit real takes. surprise was the spit takes you did on your friends? Most of it went directly into each other's mouth. <laughs> That's friendship uh so seth and ryan are doing the perfect thing what we just described the opposite of that uh toast 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 but like that's gotta be the highlight right is their back and forth no nothing crazy like they have a surprise party there's the ryan and seth back and forth and then seth starts to be like i don't know if you guys knew this when sandy cohen was in high school he could cut a mean rug as danny zuko and i don't i've never seen kirsten look more scared yeah she there's something like, I think maybe something medical happens to her if her husband sings. And I don't know what kind of husband would use a joint party to show off how he can sing or dance and the work he's put into it. Uh, she hates it. He forces her to listen to him sing. You don't want to hang on that sentence that you said for a little bit? I don't you think so. You want to move on? Okay. I want to move on. Uh, and he just gets up and starts singing. Everybody loves it. And then we cut to the green room. And this is where Summer and Mercer are now there. And they are, why are Summer and Zach at the Cohen's 20th anniversary party? Why? Because Zach, Zach is there to get a chocolate soda. For Before sure. Before we know Summer's there, we see Zach. And I was like, why the fuck is Zach here? Zach walks in. like His shirt is untucked. And he's just twitching. And you can tell that he's been to like six other you, liquor stores. <laughs> and Alex is like, no. Do no more. You are cut off. Zach's like, I know you got that. I know you got that. You. Give me that you, girl. That and then... Uh, Summer's in the soda. back reading about Hungarian taxes and I do love that Zach is I fucking love Zach because he's like what are you doing why are you at these old people's party why am I at these old people's party and, and that she, was not Zach that was the actor that plays Zach <laughs> yes. talking to the actress what? that plays we should quit this show what the fuck are we doing <laughs> and I do he just reassures her in a very not soapy way that he's like you know I like you I don't give a shit I'm sorry that they embarrassed you. They kind of suck. I'm sorry I said shit. We're cool. I just haven't had chocolate soda in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, WWWB, that I said shit right now, and then I'm not on your network. <laughs> and Summer's like, I sort of I sort of am okay, but there's only one thing that could make me really okay. And Zach's like, chocolate soda? She's like, no, dude. Nobody likes chocolate soda. I just want to get in a line with all of the season one cast and the new season two cast and sway back and forth while Sandy sings black songs. Can you do that with me? And he's like, I guess, as long as somebody gives me some GD chocolate soda. Some GD cheese soap. And that's when Julie decides to tell Marissa that she gave DJ money to leave. Now, this is, I'm sorry that I blew this water early. Like, Julie's blowing this water uh-huh. $5,000. But... Julie is clearly seeing a bunch of happy people. Julie is a green troll on top of a mountain. Oh, yeah. Watching Whoville all <laughs> dance and sing to she Sandy's can't. song. Okay, I can't blow up Sandy. <laughs> Who can I hurt tonight? And when she says blow up, she Ooh. means I can't literally put C4 on Sandy. Who can I hurt tonight? My I guess daughter. I'll go find my broken daughter the who clearly needs therapy. Child of my loins, I can hurt. <laughs> and so she tells Marissa about the money. And DJ thinking that, and she does be like, and so aren't we cool now? And Mercer's like, bitch, what? What? I want Marissa to go do the reverse. Well, however much money Marissa has, which I think we established is $1,300. Write Caleb a check for $1,300 to break up with her mom. <laughs> and Caleb's like, yeah, you know what? $1,300 is $1,300. What I do love is at this point, uh, 
Caleb has just handed Marissa money to fuck off. Julia's handed DJ money to break up with Marissa. Caleb has handed Marissa money to live with him and Julia. Like, it just Marissa is the only person who hasn't handed anybody money to get her way. And Julie hands DJ a check for five thousand dollars, which is barely anything to Julie, right? If you right. live in the house, that's nothing. But she expects DJ to kick up his heels, fire guns in the air, and go buy Mexico. Like oh, for he sure. thinks like that she thinks that's gonna be the most money that he will ever see. I mean, I'm a DJ. Because that is, I would buy new DJ equipment with that. That would be great. DJ new I equipment. I would so many people for so much less money than that. When you let the beat drop, it's because you're dropping your shitty equipment on the <laughs> ground. Somebody give me money? No. Oh, somebody pick up my iPod. And then when uh, Marissa runs into DJ, who's also at this fucking party that she, everybody's at, uh, she, she's like, I'm sorry about my mom. It's not like she's ruining it. And I do like DJ's like, you know you can't blame her for everything and he is right but marissa says but it's her fault and stomps and throws a patio lawn and if it's not she throws an entire lawn (laughs) she throws the lawn if it's not it's jimmy's and if it's not jimmy's it is julie's but maybe jimmy's julie's jimmy's julie's and then she floats in the air and then i do he's like look girl i'm not saying you didn't like me but not nearly as much as you hate her. And then DJ pulls out his checkbook and writes Marissa a check for $5,000 to break up with me. Fuck the right off. No, well, I do love it. This is, I, uh, DJ's a great guy. He goes, I mean, your mom does suck. We are done, girl. You crazy. For this one, Rick. Go on a shopping spree. Go to Fashion Island. Go, like, and that, that is such a kind send-off. Like, I'm done with all this. I understand where you're coming from. I just cannot be a part of it. And most breakups in that situation, the dude or the girl is like, look, I'm done with this. Uh, and in order to make myself feel better, I do have to say that, like, you can't dance and your teeth are buck. I'm out. <laughs> yes. But he actually gives some, like, almost Sandy-like wisdom to You got nice her. teeth. <laughs> your teeth ain't buck. And maybe, uh, like, think about how much you hate your mom. And then flashing back, Sandy is still singing new songs. I thought he had one of them. There's more. They're fucking slow can-canning. Uh, and then... Kirsten and Alex have a cute moment because Sandy, after he's singing, he's like, thank you to my kids, uh, Ryan and Seth. And it's so cute that he said Ryan as well for doing this. I love you, Kirsten. And thank you to our new friend, Alex, which is a cool and weird shout out. And then Alex and Kirsten have a moment. And Kirsten's like, thank you. And Alex says, it was the least I could do. And Kirsten says, that's true. Chill the fuck out kiki society is accepted it was the least i could do as just a thing you say you're not supposed to literally think about it and then fire no, back no that is oh i'm supposed to buy out my own club for a night because i dated your son fuck you dude they both treat alex weird in this episode and i'm not here for it yeah no i do understand what you're saying but when alex said like hey seth has that magic hands and kirsten's like oh i know <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. That was so DJ. I can puke. Yeah. DJ goes to the background of the scene. Puke and puke. Uh, DJ, puke and puke. When we come back, we will get to the awards and then GTFO. Ryan. Yes. It is time for the awards. Tell me the one and only and obvious magical music moment. Oh, I, I believe it was when uh, Seth was like, hey, De- Death Cab, can you uh, cover that? Ra-? It's fucking Sandy getting on stage and singing, don't give up on me. It's that, and I do love Seth's introduction, is Sandy Cohen and the News. Because the name of this episode, known only to us on IMDb, is The Power of Love. Huey Lewis and the News are not mentioned at all in this episode, except for the title and Seth saying that. It's weird. 
So samesies? Yes. Do we drink when it's the same? Cheers. Cheers, my friend. And your Sandy Wisdom for the night is... I think this this is going to be a little uh, controversial. Mm-hmm. But it is sometimes in order to be a good dad, you have to be a bad guy. Uh, mine comes right after that. I do think that is good advice or like good dad wisdom. I just disagree with his application in this episode. I think you should just always be a bad guy. Uh, it was when Alex said she doesn't know if she's ever met a good dad. Him turning off his gruff voice and saying, come by the house. Kirsten and I will ground you. And meaning all of it. All of that is adorable and funny. And that's our Sandy. Uh, my orange couture. I do think dating Ryan changes somebody for good or ill. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about this. And Lindsay's decided, what if I just wore a lingerie top to school with a sweater barely tied around it? This is a very different Lindsay, it's right? It's so black and lacy around her tits. It's weird. I was trying to be coy at all about it. It is boobalicious for days. <laughs> That's coy. Uh, <laughs> but like all episodes leading up to this one, Lindsay is like a old school school marm. It's um, it's pre and she's all that pre ponytail glasses removal. And now all of a sudden, Mike, the ponytail's out, the glasses are off, and she is a Victoria's Secret runway model. What are you doing? We are Ryan's like, we're at school. What are you doing? And she's like, you have a leather wrist cuff. It's, we're all doing it. Lots of black lace, purple, I think. Like, yeah. it's it's uh, out there. It's not normal human clothing. It is boudoir clothing only. It's bananas. Oh, you're going to make the best assistant principal. <laughs> what is your comics Get connection? your boudoir clothing out of here. <laughs> what is your comics connection? At some point, somebody said Bizarro Seth. Bizarro uh-huh. is from a comic book. And Sandy knew that. Mine is also a very direct obvious, is uh, him and Zach and Seth are talking, and Zach says, did you read the new Whedon X-Men? And Seth says, yes, and I have three issues with it. Or they probably didn't say issues because they didn't have to make a joke about that. Because that's confusing, yeah. Uh, I have three problems with it. Uh, I remember that run when Whedon started. And I was Uh, like, oh, shit, I want to go back and read Astonishing X-Men. It was pretty mind-blowing for a couple reasons. One, how good it was. And two, how just, like, fine it was. It made you realize that this is good. All other comic books, why are they all so bad? Why are they bad? Like, this is awful. Danger. And this is, we often talk on all of our shows what we want is the X-Men playing softball. Right. And it's, let's ignore whether your drama involves bullets or superpowers or high school debauchery. Let's all talk as characters. And it comes from Joss Whedon having the X-Men just play goddamn softball. Yeah, I will say that uh, the best parts of that, the most memorable parts of that comic book are just them hanging out. But like all the mm-hmm. action stuff, like there was an alien with like no nose and a bandage around his nose. Zord? That, that was all stupid. It, it was just them hanging out. Abig- okay, that was dumb, but Abigail Brand, it can't be Zord, because we got the space version of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is called Sword, which that made me laugh even back then. Abigail Brand, bright green hair, ponytail, giant Doc Brown, Back to the Future 2 glasses, just kicking ass and taking all the names, and she's all out of names. Yeah, you meet that character, and you're like, I think you understand the X-Men. I think that you're aware of how things work. Uh-huh. Especially when she meets the X-Men and go, you're all fucking bunk. You're weird fucking softball-playing bullshit. <laughs> Do you have a new award? Yes. Much talked about. Right. Because Jimmy gone. Who knows where he'd be? Atwood's going to Atwood. Well, I don't have anything as good as, like, I think the namesake of this award, which is uh, Chuck and Aspirin right at Seth's face. <laughs> My God, nothing may ever beat that. But I do like the uh, standing breakfast, which when, uh-huh. I, when you brought that up in the last episode, I thought, like, oh, Ryan has a standing breakfast order. We always know <laughs> what he's going to get. But, no, it's uh, just him standing there staring. He doesn't have a phone. There's no TV, staring at a wall or like an, uh, a blank microwave, 
chowing down on marshmallow cereal. Designing a building in his head, probably. I, I think Atwood ca- being Atwood is either Ryan's learning how to be funny or uh, him being so weirdly and grossly honorable. And that's the way I'm going. And it is when he breaks up with Lindsay because it will help Sandy and Kirsten's relationship. Right. My pants should fuck. We have to break up. But did you think it was too much that after he said that, he jumped off the pier wearing a like a American flag cape and flew away? And threw a bottle of aspirin at her head. <laughs> well, I did think that was too that much. That was got to Atwood. Those are the awards. Any final thoughts, comments, concerns? I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that my final comment. <laughs> All right. I do want to say thank you to the Holophonics. No, I'll say that one. All I right. messed up. Uh, thank you to the Holophonics. And Ryan. Yes. What are we doing next week? We are staying Gaytro. We always stay Gaytro, cyborgs. Uh, wait, are we doing the. Wait, what are we doing next what, week? What are we doing next week? What are we doing next week? A fun special show. Oh, next week, Mike, <laughs> we are going to. You and I are going to co produce a podcast with VH1, and we are going to Where Are They Now Woo! for some of our favorite OC characters. Until then. Stay gay, true, late, true. Get me those green lantern J-plos. California.